Welcome back to the Upper Tier Podcast, the football podcast we bring you each and every week on the on the YouTube. Head over there, smash that subscribe and bell notification button. This is kind of a, a special show tonight where we have a guest on. It's not quite an Upper Tier, not quite a Shankly Sessions. We're going to do a bit of a preview of the, the Carabao Cup semi-final, obviously. But joining me tonight, Craig from the same old Arsenal podcast. How are we, Craig? Very well, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad at all. Listen, great to have you on and thanks for taking the time. Um, I was dying to get you on, being following the channel and stuff like that. I love the dynamic between yourself and judges and Dan and the boys and stuff like that. It's just, it's it's, it's classic London, classic Arsenal stuff, really, isn't it? It's really, really good and uh, really great watching and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I wanted to start. I mean, first of all, let's let's get into talking about yourself and Arsenal, get a little bit of background. So where did it, where did kind of, the romance with Arsenal begin was it was it a handed down family tradition or yeah. was it? Yeah, yeah, I think like most you know like most kids, uh, most young lads, um, the love for Arsenal got passed on down by my by my dad. Um, always been an Arsenal supporter, but have a, quite a strong affiliation with Ipswich Town because um, I, I used to play for him when I was younger. Um, only in the youth team though, uh, but I was in the same youth team as Richard Wright, Kieran Dyer, Titus Bramble. All those kind of lads, and of course, when you're when you're playing for them, you get free tickets. So uh, you know, you get free tickets, you go and watch. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've got a strong strong affiliation with Ipswich, but Arsenal are my Arsenal are my, uh, my my main team, main family team. The whole family supports Arsenal. Mum, dad, brother, grandmother, the dog, the cat. You know, it's that kind of it's that kind of support. Um, so yeah, I've supported Arsenal for as long as I can remember. Obviously, it might sound like a cliche, but I can remember my my first memory of, of of supporting Arsenal is obviously 1989 at Anfield. Um, I think I was eight or nine years old. I just started playing soccer myself um, and watching. You know, started to watch football, and that's one of my earliest memories of of, of watching Arsenal. Um, as is a, a lot of a lot of Arsenal fans, I would imagine, because that was that was at the time, of course, when you could watch football on TV for nothing. Um, <laughs> you know, that was on ITV. So uh, yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal all the way. Um, I started off the podcast. Um, it, it was it was supposed to be an Irish thing because I mean I live in Cork and um, I said I, I was watching YouTube and I was seeing all these all these shows and stuff you know arising. I said you know what I could do something for the Irish fans. Um, so it started off as it started off as a thing for Irish fans, but then I couldn't find many Irish Arsenal fans. <laughs> so um, I, I, I it, it, it kind of went from um, being a, a, an Irish podcast to well, it is an Irish podcast. It's you know it was it, I would definitely class it as an Irish podcast. But I done the Guna talk, and then I came away from the Guna talk. That was my first podcast. I handed that down to Tom Canton. Um, who is doing very, very, very well for himself at the moment, um, getting very well respected in the in the journalistic world. He's taken that channel on. So go over, you know, if anyone, any Arsenal fans listening, go over and, and subscribe to Tom's channel, The Guna Talk. And then after I stopped it, after about six months, I got a bit, you know, I got a bit, I missed it. I, I missed doing it. So I said, you know what, I'm going to start something else up. So I started up the same old Arsenal podcast and the rest is history. So. I, I'm intrigued to find out what the hell did you come up with the name? The name, the name. Well, it's genius, ain't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just because I always think about these podcast names, and you think like 
everyone comes up with these really catchy names for their mm. football channels and stuff like that. But then you go and you Google it and everyone else is already using yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. So to talk to me about the name. Well, it, it kind of just it kind of just landed in my brain, I think. Um, you know, there's a, you know, the song that used to be that there was a song out, you know, same old Arsenal always cheating. Yeah. People used to say, oh, you've, you've taken it from that. And I said, no, 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 I haven't taken it from that. I've taken it from the song that we used to sing in the stands, of course. The same old Arsenal taking the yeah. taking the P-I-S-S. Yeah. So that, that's where it come from. Um, I shortened it down to the same old Arsenal. And um, yeah. it certainly lives up to its name. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of had a feeling you were in a pub watching a match, having a few beers, and your team let you down for, for an accumulator or a bet or something, and you're walking out and you're like, same old Arsenal. Same old Arsenal. <laughs> so, there you go. And it just I mean, it's perfect. It's perfect. I know, yeah. I'm sure... Any Arsenal fan can um, relate to that name, you know. Same old Arsenal. Oh my god, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, that's 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 where the name come from, and it's you know it's stuck. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to me um, before we get in. We'll we'll have a look at the Carabao Cup mm. toy, and of course the first toy as well, and you know false positive gate and all this kind of stuff that went on and stuff. Um, talk to me about Arsenal post Wenger. Um, what's your thoughts on it? Like, I mean, obviously you'd Arsenal there for years yeah. and I always say to people, I'm a Liverpool fan, obviously, but if I wasn't a Liverpool fan, I would be an Arsenal fan. There's no mm. doubt about it because in those dark days in the nineties, when I had to tolerate United fans and stuff like that, I always looked at Arsenal to do me a favour to get United fans off my back. So I always followed Arsenal. Plus I loved the way Wenger came in and the style of play he did and how he revolutionised football. Oh. Yeah. So like I always I always had a kind of a, a kind of an allegiance to Arsenal. I'd always watch them and the Henrys and the Bear Camps and the beautiful football that was played. But talk to me, talk to me about post Fenger and obviously we won't dwell too long on Unai Emery, obviously. Um Yeah, well I mean like Arsene Wenger when you know you know yourself, when Arsene Wenger came to the Premier League, he, he was 10 years in front of any manager. And that is why when he came in, he knocked Ferguson off the perch. Um and, you know, went on to, you know, win leagues, cup doubles, um, league doubles, uh, wins the league unbeaten. You know, no one's ever seen any kind of football management before like Arsene Wenger. But unfortunately, when he got to the end, he was 10 years, where he'd been 10 years in front of everyone, when it came towards you, he was 10 years behind everyone. When the game of football, when the game of football changed and the game of football modernised, and you got managers in like Jose Mourinho, and, um, you know that you know he's being his main nemesis when he joined Chelsea, the game moved on, and even other you know managers who are not even in Arsene Wenger's tier moved on. They moved on the tactics. They moved on what players they wanted to sign. If you think about it, when Arsenal were successful, you know in the Premier League under Arsene Wenger, we were a big, tall, strong, athletic team. But for some reason or other, when we moved to the Emirates, he decided that he wanted to start signing the smaller player, the smaller, more technically gifted player, the Cazorlas, the Fabregas, the Nazaris, the, you know, you look at those signings at the Emirates era. He went from, he went from that big, you know, big, tall, strong team to, to, a, to a small, tiki-taka, more technical player didn't work for him um and we missed out on he missed well he missed out on on leagues and and, and stuff like that for being for me for being too um arrogant to the fact that he had to change his ways and ultimately um became his downfall spur um 
Arsenal fans like me got bored of him. You know, Arsenal fans. Now, you mustn't you mustn't take in you mustn't you mustn't take this as that I'm disrespecting them, man, because I'm not. I mean, I called for, I called for him. I wanted him to go, but I only wanted him to go because I knew that he couldn't take us any further, and I didn't want him to destroy his legacy um, at Arsenal. I didn't want. I was starting to. I was starting to dis- I was starting to dislike him. And when I started to dislike him, I was like, no, he's got to go, he's got to go. I can't have this because I don't want I, I don't want to dislike this man. Mm. He came to Arsenal, he revolutionized Arsenal. He gave us, you know, he gave us some of the best memories that I'll, you know, I'll never forget. He's he brought in some of the, you know, some of the best players we'll ever see grace the Premier League. Um so I, you know, when I when I when I started feeling like that, I, was like, I don't I don't want this because I'm going to start disliking him and, and I, I can't have that. So the pressure was put on, and you know, various various things happened, and there was the, caught the media's eye and, and stuff like that, and ultimately he went. Um, and I think the fan base when he went was seventy percent kind of gelled. There was also, you know, there was that thirty percent there that you know couldn't get over the fact that they've been supported. They've only supported. They they were only started supporting Arsenal when Arsene Wenger was manager. So they haven't they haven't experienced Arsenal under a, under another management. Um, yeah. So you know they were you, you know they were they were gutted and you know there was there was quite a bit of to and froing on social media. You know Wenger in Wenger out. You know all this malarkey. Probably then probably, who, a, probably a nervousness as well. I think so, yeah, because yeah. you know, when you when you're looking at a team when you've only had one manager, and that manager has you know given, I mean, anyone who started supporting Arsenal when Arsene Wenger was in charge have, have probably had the best footballing years out of any football supporter in the world. You know, you you come along when Arsene Wenger joins, you you become ten years old when Arsene Wenger joins, and you see all through your childhood, all you know is winning. Yeah. All you know is quality football. All you know is, you know. <clears throat> but gar- people, gar- guaranteed Champions League. Yes, yeah, <laughs> every year, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It became, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, is, is monotonous the right word to use when you're watching your team, you know, qualify for, I think the, for the, someone? The, I think the thing I remember during those years, especially with Arsenal fans, is, you know, you know these days there's always this massive, conversation around fans about top four mm. and that conversation never happened with Arsenal fans back then because that was kind of a given and top two was kind of a given maybe. yeah yeah so it was you a see the thing dynamic. about it right the thing about finishing in the top four it was great mm. I want to see Arsenal win the Champions League of course um, you know so close to winning it uh, against Barcelona but I got to the stage where Oh, we're in the Champions League. Well, it don't matter because we're going to get knocked out in the round of 16. We're going to go through the group stages again and play postman FC, then get to the you know the last 16, draw by Munich and get Ahmed 8-2 on aggregate. Every year, without fail. Do you know, we, we, we got to the last 16, got beat. Got beat, got beat, got beat. Might have got to the quarterfinal, but you could bet you, you know, you could you could make a bet that we wouldn't go no further than the quarterfinal. Um, so as a, as a fan, you're looking for that manager to come in to take you to the next level, to take you into the Champions League and then to, to actually, you know, make you a force in the Champions League. That When you get to the round of 16, it's the other teams that are going to be, oh, no, we've got Arsenal. Do 
you know, whereas for an Arsenal fan, it was like, oh God, not Bayern Munich again. You know, so we wanted other teams to be afraid of us. We wanted teams to think, oh God, we've we've got Arsenal. We, you know, that's not good. But it, it never happened. And it never happened again. It never happened with um Unai Emery either. Uh blew, you know, blew his chances of getting into the Champions League by poor Poor team selections um, when we needed to go out against Crystal Palace. Uh, you know, that game will always stick in my head um, when we lost that game. And ultimately, that was Unai Emery's downfall. Mm. But when he first came in, he went on a 20-game unbeaten run. And we're all thinking, God, we've got our Arsenal back. You know, this is what we want. You know, and in that in that unbeaten run, he goes and, you know, we go and hammer Spurs 4-2 and in, in, in the derby um, at the Emirates. You know, one of the best atmospheres I've ever seen at the Emirates Stadium that, that, that day but again I don't think the players kind of understood his ways because let's get it right Unai Emery was a, was a fantastic manager uh, and he's a fantastic manager won the, won the champions uh, sorry won the Europa League three times on the, in a row yeah. with, um, with Sevilla so I mean he's no mug but again ultimately I think player Player pressure drew, you know, drew Emery out, and and I think the players down tools um, for Unai Emery, and and again, you know, ultimately, again, his downfall. Mikhail Arteta comes in. Everyone's like, oh, you know, I was even. I mean, I don't know if you've, you know, you watch the same old Arsenal, but I, I, I've been a, I've been a defender and I've been a supporter of Mikhail Arteta, right? You know, for his whole tenure, mm. and. Um, Half of the fan base was like, oh, you know, we'll give him a go. He's come down from Manchester City. He's been learning off Pep. Um, you know, he, he could be good. He could be good. And then the other half, you know, like, no, don't want him. Don't want him. Don't want him anywhere near the club. And then, of course, there's a massive divide again already. You know, people want him in. People want him out. He gets off to a great start. You know, he wins the cup. He wins the charity shield. But the best thing I've seen through Mikhail Arteta while he's been here is the way that he'll take no rubbish from anyone and that has been a massive massive success while he's been here he's got rid of the Deadwood he's got you know your Mercer Ozils your Mustafis your um, I mean Sid Klosniak left yesterday um, he's getting rid of all the players that he, he doesn't need whereas Emery and Wenger kind of hung on to those players for, for some reason, you know, gobbling up um, wages every week, gobbling up, um, you know, younger players not coming in because we've got these, you know, half-assed players that, that are here because they, they're getting paid thousands of pounds and that's the only reason. So Mikel Arteta has come in, done a job. He set the president, you know, he said, you know, it's, it's my way or no way. If you don't like it, out you go. We saw that with Mercer Ozil. We've seen it with um, Mustafi. I mean, Kosniak's gone. Gwenduzi, yeah. um, gone. You know, so I like his management style and I like what I'm seeing um, this season. It didn't, you know, obviously it didn't start off very well. But the game against Liverpool last week was a massive indication of how behind the manager the players are. Because that was an outstanding performance by Arsenal. Yeah. You know, not many teams are going to go to Anfield. All right, you were missing Salah, you were missing Mane, but you still had a bloody good 11 on the pitch. Yeah. 
and it, it was a class class um performance from him and the Manchester City game then the week before you know I've never watched an Arsenal game before and come away with defeat going do you know what that was all right that was <laughs> you know you know yeah. it was a really real strange feeling uh, we should have got a result against Manchester City but we didn't and that's how it goes that's football um you know we go to we go to Anfield then during the week we get Granite uh, Granite Jacker sent off after god knows how many minutes and we have to play the game with 10 men we face on was it 920 shots was it or something stupid like that yeah something like 23 shots it was crazy yeah, but, but you know, it, it's one a of them you're hoping that one of them are going as a Liverpool fan, but then of course Bakayoko Saka has our best chance, um, and and is a hand away from from giving us the lead. You know, so great games, great performances, and I can really see now where Mikel Arteta is going um, with with what he wants to do at Arsenal. I think everyone else can see what he wants to do at Arsenal. Um, you know, he's bringing in the youngsters. He wants that young, hungry, energetic team with that little side dish of experience. Um, and, 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 and I like that. I like that. And I, and I like what I'm seeing at the moment. I really, really do. Yeah. The one, the one thing I like about him is he's looking for guys who I think are coachable, you know, guys like that, who aren't kind of, who haven't established themselves as big stars and setting stones. Like he's looking for guys he can bring in and he can coach and mold into his way of operating and stuff like that. And I also, you have to admire him as well. Cause I mean, if we go back to September, that first international break, and you'd lost your first three games. Now, mm. honestly, I mean, the Brentford one could have been anything first game of the season. But the yeah. other two were tough toys, in fairness. Yeah. Um, tough games. So you're rooted to the bottom and everyone wanted his head on a stake. And then yeah. Eddie came out and did the Sky Sports interview with Jeff. And everyone was thinking, what is this guy waffling on about? This is unbelievable. Like, you know, they were going in on him then as well. And then all of a sudden you came back. Um, it was like he had galvanised the players and you went on that run and everyone was saying, oh, it's not really a run. So who are they playing? The Norwiches and the Burnleys of this yeah. world. And I was going to thinking, well, everyone has to play the Norwiches and the Burnleys of this world, but no one, not everyone goes on. I think it was a 12-game unbeaten yeah. run or something That's like right, that. And yeah. I was thinking, it doesn't matter. A 12-game unbeaten run is a 12-game unbeaten run regardless of who you're playing. Yeah. Um, and, and I think he was starting to win people around and I think he is starting to win people. And as you said, I think a lot of the, the Arsenal fans, a a lot of the ones who were going in hard are kind of having to suck it back in now and go, you know, I actually understand. I think I know where he's going with this. Um, albeit he still has a bit of work to do. I mean, obviously you mentioned Granite Jack and stuff like yeah, that. And yeah, it's yeah. just the craziness of that. And you mentioned the Man City game. I fully believe bar those two moments of madness with Gabriel and with Granite Jackie, you would have bet them on the day. I think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But there you go. Look, name of the podcast, same old Arsenal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you mentioned you mentioned last week the first cup toy. Obviously, we were going in. You were missing players. We were missing players. Um, we obviously went in as favourites because it was at Anfield and the Anfield crowd. And and then all of a sudden you went down to ten men. I'm sure when you when you went down to ten men, you were thinking, Jesus Christ! Oh, absolutely. Because I feel you know? no. Yeah, but then I um I was thinking about it then, and I was thinking when Chelsea went down to ten men, we were blunt as hell as well. And it's like as if once teams dig in, and we've had this problem a number of times, because we don't have the creativity that we need in midfield at times, like when you play a Milner and a Henderson and a Fabinho, there's a, there's a lack of creativity there in terms of being able to you know pull teams out and unlock them and figure it out. 
And we kind of just keep on repeating the same thing down through the wings, which when players, when, when teams who visit Anfield cop onto that, they find it very easy to defend against it because they just have to sit in yeah. nice and tight and every player knows they're 10 or 15 yards. They do their job and everything is fine. Um. But then we move. Obviously, we had all the other talk about. I mean, we were getting vilified last week over false positives and all this kind of stuff. Then this week, you the North London Derby was called off, mm. and yous are getting vilified then because there's there's one COVID case. I think it was Odegaard, and you know players are out injured, players are going out on loan, and everyone going, "What's this? Can't feel the team." Players going out on loan, all this mm. kind of thing. So it's kind of there's been a bit of back and forth between the fan base. Going, well, you were telling us this last week, and now look at you guys this week. And I, I kind of took pleasure listening to um Sean Dice with Burnley as well because he not so long ago he was telling Klopp, "Don't be silly about this stuff and just get on with it." You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And then he had games called off. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so it's an interesting one. But the the build up to tomorrow is really really interesting. We're both one game away from Wembley. Mm. Um, both teams again missing players. No doubt about it. I know you have had a lot of players, and I presume the game has gone ahead at this stage. Yeah, I say it's, <laughs> I, 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 I can't see why Arsenal. I mean, I've been reading yeah. there, reading today. You know, most of our players, if not everyone, is fit. So yeah. yeah, I can't see that. I can't see why the why the game wouldn't go ahead. Um, not unless Jurgen gets his false positives out again and. <laughs> he's uh, he's cutting it very fine at this stage, isn't it? Because I'd imagine I'd imagine the guys are already on the way to London. So if they are, he better hurry up at the testing if that's his plan. But um, what what are you expecting tomorrow night? It should be a good old fashioned cup toy. Oh, we? it's going to be great. I, uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, again, like you said, yeah, it's going to be a good old fashioned Arsenal v Liverpool. You know, like it, you, you know, back in the day, Arsenal Liverpool was the game to watch. Um, Arsenal Liverpool was 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 the main rivalry. Back in the day, but um, I'm expecting I'm expecting Arsenal to really, really have a go at it, and I'm the kind of fan that just wants 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 teams to have a go. I just if if we go out there and give 110, percent leave everything on the pitch and lose two nil, congratulations Liverpool, you know, go on to go on to the final minute. But I have problems when players don't give 100 percent and we lose. That's that's that, that's when I've got a problem. That's when I get a bit ranty and you know, probably a bit knee jerky and stuff like that. But I think Arsenal, I think Arsenal are favourites tomorrow night. I really do. The Emirates crowd are going to be massively up for this. You know, they've, Arsenal fans have taken a hell of a, you know, hell of a, um, hell of a doing over social media um, the last week or so. So they're going to be there. They're ready, you know, they're going to be ready there for the banter, for the, mm. for the giggles, you know? So yeah, it's going to be a massive atmosphere. The Emirates is starting to become, after all these years, the Emirates is starting to become a bit of a bit of a cauldron. Mm. Um, and you know, Lee, who I do the podcast with, you know, he goes every week. Dan goes every week. Yeah. Graham goes every week. Um, I've got a mate, Chris, who who does the podcast, uh, does another show on the podcast with me. He says like it's, it, the the fan base, every every single person in that ground is united, and, that, and that's what we've always wanted. So it's going to be a cauldron in there tomorrow of noise. I mean, look at us at Anfield. I mean, I've, I read a story there the other day that the DJ had to turn up. You'll never walk alone because all yeah. you could hear was Arsenal fans. Yeah, they, were, mean, ex- they were exceptional in fairness. Yeah, I mean, we 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 have the best away support in the country. It's it's no there's there's no there's no comparison to an Arsenal away crowd. Uh, they they're, they're so good. They're magnificent. They go away to places we could be losing. All you can hear is all you can hear is them singing, getting behind the team. 
you know, the away support at Arsenal is the best in the country, without a doubt. Um, there's there's no arguments. I mean, I've the only other away fans I'd be impressed with is when we play Champions League, Europa League games. You know, when 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 the when the um, especially the Eastern European the Eastern European teams are brilliant. You know, the Germans are good as well when they come when they come to the Emirates. You know, that it, it makes for it, they really really make the game and. You know, fans are important, very, very important to, to the team. And they were definitely the 11th man when Granite Jacker got sent off at Anfield the other night. They, they were magnificent. Um, and, and they pushed those players to give everything, and they did. And I think that will happen again tomorrow night. And I, I'm expecting that Arsenal win. Um, and I, I'm expecting that we will take it to you and, and really give you a run for your money. Um, yeah, I'm expecting us to win. Um, expect, hoping, hoping, hoping that we win. Um, but I'm expecting. I'm confident. I back. I will back Arsenal to beat anyone at the Emirates Stadium. Anyone. We don't normally, you know, we don't always win. But my money would always go down on a home win at the Emirates. Yeah, we're in. We're in for a treat tomorrow night, aren't we? We're in for a real good, solid, you know, hard game. Mm. Uh, both teams, I'm sure, now there's a place at Wembley. And, and look, we know it's the FL Cup, and we're not going to disrespect it because it's been it's been a while since we've won a domestic cup. And you know, you guys trip back to Wembley and against Chelsea and all will be. Like, hey, I mean, people who dis you know? people who disrespect the Carabao yeah. Cup, I'd have to I'd have to question what it is they want out of football. Yeah, when playing football, winning trophies is the main aim of football. I don't care anyone says. People say, oh, no, it's not. The main aim is to qualify for the top four. The main aim is to... No, 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 no. The main aim when you play soccer is to win and win trophies. End of story. And if Arsenal win the Carabao Cup, great. It's a trophy. It's a piece of silverware. Absolutely. That will determine a successful season. Yeah, we, we certainly have enough of them in our trophy cabinet mm. to make mm. sure that we care. Um, and I always say to people as well, how many trophies can you win in a particular season? Yeah. So, like, you know, you have to have a good shot off all of them. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I think I think it'll be a feisty affair as well. I think, yeah, absolutely, the, the governors there will be boisterous. There's no doubt about it. Mm. I, I've had a lot of fun with them over the years. Last time I was at Anfield, when the Arsenal fan base was there, it was the, the cup game, the five-all with the penalties. What a game that was. What a game. Unbelievable. And I went out the back. I was talking to Robbie out the back and the boys from AFTV and all the, the fun and the crack that we had and all, and all that kind of stuff. It was just the banter was unbelievable. Mm. And even in, and we were we were down in the corner right beside where the Arsenal fans were. And all. So the back and forth all game. And they were giving us absolute socks every time Arsenal scored. And every time we scored, we were giving it back. And it was, but it was in good jest. We were all fist pumping at the end. That's what it's beautiful. all about. Yeah, really, really good fun. And I think tomorrow night will be the same. I think both teams now, you know, it's a trip to Wembley um, against Chelsea and, and we'll want to be there as much as you will want to be there. And it's just, uh, it's unfortunate for me at the moment because I would have liked the second leg to be at Anfield. Um, not quite the Anfield that we got last week now, yeah, yeah. but the normal Anfield that we get for a good cup tie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's going to, the game is going to be electric. Um, give us, give us a, give us a prediction. 2-1 Arsenal. Yeah. I, I I think um I think we might have to take it. We might have to take it to extra time or penalties, I think. Um that's that's my shout at the moment. And then sure it's a it's a real let way after that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a I think it's gonna be a crack and toy. Um as I said, a place left in Wembley uh, is waiting for us. Or oh, it's gonna be it'll be it'll be great, you know. Cup semi final yeah. under the lights, yeah, Arsenal Liverpool, gonna be yeah. amazing. 
Tell me now about the league position at the moment. Um, you kind of potentially have one foot and four, don't you? You have a good mm. chance. See, um, are you going stre- to strengthen in the window to push I, it over the line? Well, I hope so. I mean, there's talks of uh, uh, there's talks of um, Artemelo coming from from Juventus. Um, you know, there's talks that we're signing this lad from Fiorentina, um, Vahalovic, yeah. who apparently is. You know, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know much about him because I don't. Dan and Lee and Harry and you know yeah, he looks incredible. He looks incredible. Yeah, he looks incredible. I mean, and people are saying that you know he's he's the next best striker in Europe under uh, Haaland. So you know if if the kid's getting that kind of um, I mean he's only twenty one I think isn't he? Um, yeah. If he's getting that kind of review, then bring him in. But I'm it's getting a bit boring now. I keep looking at it and I keep you know looking at stories and his agent wants this much and he wants this much and. They want a signing on fee. They want commissions and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, is his agent just using Arsenal as a pawn to, to you know, for, for the other clubs to come yeah. in with a higher bid and a higher wage yeah. and a higher signing on fee yeah. and this, that, and the other? So I'm getting a little bit worried about it, but people are telling me not to worry about it. There's lots of reports to say. I mean, there was, there was a report today to say that they've accepted £80 million pounds um, well, I think it's the total, you know, the total, yeah. the total um, package, total transfer, the total yeah. package is up to eighty million pounds, and it's been accepted. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, you know, we might get an exciting thirty first of January. I don't know, but I'd, I'd, I'd like, I'd like him to come before then. You know, I'd like him, to, you know, I'd like him to. If he's going to come, yeah. I want him in the team for the North London derby. Mm. Um, you know, we'll have Thomas Party back. Um, you know, Granite Jacker will be able to play again. You know. So, you know, it, that's good for us for the for the North London derby. I'd love to see him in the team for North London derby. Um, but look, I don't even know when the North London derby is going to be there. When that's going to get rearranged. So, there's plenty of time to get him in the team. Um, I like I like the look of Barter as well. A lot of people are turning their noses up at him. But uh, Harry done a, an interview with a, an Italian journalist, and he he assures Harry that the player just needs to be in the right system. Um, and the player needs to be playing under a manager that's confident about him. So, if Mikel Arteta wants him in, he's obviously got some kind of, you know, he's he's, he's obviously got some some kind of uh, forward thinking about him. So, if Mikel Arteta wants him in, it's good enough for me. You know, he's brought in Tommy Yasu there, which is probably the best fifteen million pounds we've ever spent. Yeah. Um, Sammy Sammy Lukonga, um, Tavares. You know, he's bought in Ben White, who has been absolutely, I mean, man in a match against Liverpool at Anfield. Um, you know, they talk about this boy that he can't edit a ball. I mean, you know, you're, you're looking at him wrong. You, you know, um, man in a match at Anfield against 10 men. And you're worrying about him that he can't edit a ball. Um, you know, the signings he's brought in and the, and the players that he's brought through, you know, to into the senior, into the senior side from, from, from the youngsters and, and stuff like that. I can see what he's doing, um, and like I say, if 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 Arteta wants them players in, then bring them in. I'm not going to question him. I have to eat some humble pie now. In August, you signed Ramsdale for thirty million, what and player. and I was going, what are Arsenal doing? And now I have to eat humble pie here. And about him. Yeah. He's an absolute monster, yeah. and I've never seen a guy. To get so excited, he nearly celebrates a clean sheet and a good oh, save, yeah. like a striker scores a goal. Yeah. He and the way he fires up the crowd and everything as well, 
he he is an absolute I won't say he's an absolute fine because people know about him but mm. um, the fact that he had I think it was two relegations or something That's like right. that on his mm-hmm. record, but he's come into Arsenal and he has been that absolute trigger at the back. Oh, God help he's... anyone that messes up in front of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been a breath of fresh air and he has an instant connection um, with, with the Arsenal fans and has so have the other players that Arteta has brought in. And when you have that instant connection with the fans, it makes for... It, it makes for um, it makes it makes for it to be good, for, you know, around the whole stadium that we've got. I mean, we love watching him celebrate when we score a goal. Like he goes and he slides across the, you know, he slides across the eighteen-yard box on his knees, and he come, you know, he's always talking like they were talking about. Um, one of the lads was talking about uh, an away game they went to recently, and you know, he's talking to the fans. You know, he's like cheering them up, and he's, yeah. you know, when Arsenal score, he's sliding on his knees in front of them, and. I think what it was, I think it was the story. I think it was the story that um, he gave on a podcast. There, he went on. Um, he went on Ben Foster's podcast, and he told the story about picking up the money that he collects yeah. two pound coins, and you know the Leeds fans were were, were throwing money at him, and he, yeah. he picked up all the two pound coins and he took them back into the dressing room at half time. And I think he said he had something like seventeen pound, so he halved it. He halved it between him and the kit man at half time. And he, he he took some of it home and he he put it in his piggy bank full of full of two two pound coins. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute ultimate shit house, yeah, really, yeah. isn't it? Like and, and and he loves giving he loves giving the opposition fans socks oh, as well. He like, does. He's he does. I mean, was, it, was it West Brom we were playing and they were they were they were giving him awful stick? But every, every time he took a goal kick, they were giving him awful stick. Uh, and every time he kicked the ball, he turned around and he put his fist up to him every uh, time. He loves it. Yeah. He loves it. Yeah, no, exceptional. Um let, let's um let's finish out and talk about um Per Emmerich Aubameyang. Um this is a man who exceptional footballer, no mm. doubt about it, unbelievable record. Um, absolutely world class, but um, he's tried to take the mick out of Arteta, Arteta a number of times, hasn't he? Like, and and as you said, Arteta's strong enough to say, "Yeah, ain't gonna get away with that with me." Mm. And this is the way it's gonna be, like showing up late, you know, being caught on his phone in the Lambo, you know, going out during COVID to get haircuts mm. and partying and all that kind of stuff. But the uh, news came out uh, yesterday that he's on the way back and there's uh, potentially a heart issue related to mm. the virus we'll say on, on the yeah, podcast yeah. um well, what you're thinking on obama yang yeah. is there well, a way you, back from is there no, no way back no, from? there's no way back from um I, I i believe he'll never play for arsenal again i mean just before just before we uh, came on here i was watching sky sports news there's there's an offer coming for him um from from a saudi arabian team i believe yeah um so he, he'll never play for arsenal again if he does i'll be very 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 surprised um yeah came in Brilliant footballer, you know his his statistics and you know his past career before he came to Arsenal speaks a thousand words. He came in, um, you know, absolutely rejuvenated our front line, scored some class goals, scored some very important goals. You know, one that goes down in the memory is against Chelsea in the cup final. Such a composed finish um, to to do in a cup final. You know, just didn't get over the goalkeeper there for two for, for two one. You go on and win the cup. Other players would have panicked and hit it and, you know, sliced it or hit it the goalkeeper. But so composed the man. Um, fantastic footballer. But unfortunately, he seems to like the party life. Um, he seems to like the attention of of, of being on social media. Um, I believe his brother has been a, an awful influence on him. 
Um, you know, you, you see social media videos of him and his brother in a Lamborghini speeding down the road with the, you know, music blaring and that kind of stuff. Now, that's fine, right? But not not at Arsenal. You you don't act like that at Arsenal. Um, you know, we we hold, you know, we hold our class, you know, dearly, dearly to our hearts about, you know, that we're a class club and if you come and play for Arsenal, there's rules and you know, there's things expected of you when you come and play for Arsenal. And that's not expected of any Arsenal player. Um, he's kind of the last one that does it. Like, there's no other Arsenal player that puts up videos of himself speeding down the road in a car or sitting on the bonnet of a Lamborghini draped in gold chains and in a gold shell suit with brand new training. You know, you know, it's it, it, it it's all for it's all for show. Look at me. Um, I've got loads of money. You know, and especially I, I, I suppose, especially when you've such a young squad coming through. And he's exactly. the guy they should be looking at. He exactly. should be he should be the model professional footballer with all these young kids around him who are trying to the Smith Rows and the Sackers of this world and stuff like that. Yeah. He the, he should be showing them that it should be the opposite. If and he should be railing them in if that's yeah. the way they're carrying on. Yeah. I mean, especially you can't carry on like that as Arsenal captain. And and, and it's as simple as that. It, it you know it left a bad taste in my mouth, and I'm sure it left a bad taste in a lot of other Arsenal fans' mouths. You know, when he turned up late for the North London derby, um, he was left out of the ground and so he was left, sorry, he was left out of the team and sulked. Um, what do you expect? You're the captain of Arsenal Football Club and you've just turned up late for North London derby. Mm. Then we hear that the club allowed him to travel. This is obviously all what I've, what, what I've only been, well, I've only heard. Yeah. But um, that uh, he asked the club, could he travel to France, I believe, to see his mum? Because she was sick, he travelled to France. He came back a day late, and of course, the day he's supposed to be back, he's he's, he's had um, he's had a photograph taken of him in a tattooist parlour, um, getting a tattoo, right. and then obviously he comes back late and he gets dropped again, and he ha we haven't seen him since. So, for, you know, for that reason, um, I don't think we'll I don't think we'll see him play for Arsenal again, and. I think it would be a bit naive of Arsenal fans to actually think that it's only those two, it's only those two things that have happened that have made it happen. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. I mean, we've got that all or nothing documentary coming out at the end of the season. Um, it's going to be a great watch um, for Arsenal fans to see what actually did happen. If, if that was, you know, if that part was filmed, mm. um, I hope so, because I know that Arsenal have got, you know, Arsenal have got rights to say, no, we're not putting that in, we'll put that bit in, but we're not putting that bit in. So, I don't know um, if that will get in or not, but uh, we'll see. But no, for me, a fantastic footballer, um, a great career, a great goal scorer, you know, one of the best we've seen in Europe, um, if not the world. We were very lucky very lucky to see a Bamiang and Arsenal shirt and some of the goals he scored for us, but it's over now for me. I'm afraid it's over. I, I, I don't think he'll play for us again. Um, like I said, this bid's come in from um, a Saudi Arabian club. I think it's around £20 million. Pounds. I'd take 15 for him. Um, take the 15, get his wages off the wage book and yeah. uh, you know go after this for Halovic. Yeah, and I think I think uh, Mikel's handling of the situation Um seem to coincide with the galvanizing of the side and, and the upshield in form and in, and in play and everything and all. So, and I think it obviously changed the minds of a lot of Arsenal fans as well in terms of yeah. Mikel Arteta, because I'd say they were probably thinking, well, Aubameyang is just going to steamroll this guy and it'll be the same old thing again. Yeah. 
Um, but it wasn't. Arteta stood up to him and he said, this is the way it's going to be, and that's it. Yeah. And I'm sure he sent a brilliant message as well to the young players coming in and the young players Absolutely. that were there going, well, he sent, this he is sent a message. football club, this is how we operate. He sent a message to everyone. Do you know, yeah. every, 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 every every one of them. Um, so, my, it's no coincidence that when Aubameyang got took, when, when Aubameyang's been taken out of the team, they've they've started to they've started to excel. It's like the gates opened. Isn't yeah, it? Do you know. So, yeah. how much of a problem was this man? Yeah. To to Arteta, to to the players, to to the whole Arsenal ethos. You know what. what how you know how bad was he? But he's gone now anyway. I know he's back. Um, hey, look, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and you know I'm not going to sit here and bad mouth him. I'll wish him all yeah. the best. I hope his health's okay. I, you know, there's a little bit of a problem there of his heart. I hope mm. he's going to be 100 okay. I'm sure he will be. Um, but coming from an Arsenal fan, it's time to move on, and it's time to move on from him as well. Brilliant, yeah, great summary on it. Um, so let us know. Tell us. Uh, let our viewers know. Where do we find Craig? Where do we find the same old Arsenal? What's all the socials, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so um, we've got a Twitter account. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter at same old AFC. If you want to come and follow me as well, um, you can follow me at Scotty Boy Guna. Uh, I do live in Ireland. Um, looking for some, I'm looking for some more Irish followers, actually. Um, at, uh, League of Ireland, because I support Cork City. I've been a season ticket holder at Cork City for God knows how many years. Yeah. Um, followed them all over the country. So we, yeah, we, we interview lots of the, we interview lots of League of Ireland legends and stuff like that. Really, as oh, part of the podcast, yeah. We've yeah, had yeah, Robbie yeah. Gaffney on, Paulo, Sam, Richie Baker, all these guys from yeah. back in the day. They've all been on brilliant stories. Yeah, Matt I've had Rutherford. some great nights. I'll tell you what, I've had yeah. some great nights that turn us across. Uh, well, I've had I've had one of my best nights with Cork was obviously um, in Dublin um, at Tolka Park when we beat Shells two one in the last minute to go up as champions. That yeah. that that was like, I mean, keep your Premiership. Yeah. That night was unbelievable, you know. Yeah. So I've, I've had some great nights. You know, I've seen yeah. them do. I've seen them do the double, win the cup, and win the cup at the Aviva, win the league at the Cross. I've had some great nights. League of Ireland football's been really, really, really good to me, and I love it. People say to yeah. me, "How do you go and watch it?" But I, I love football, and I, I've got, I've got to. I've just started taking my daughter. You know, she's hooked on football. She got hooked on football over the summer for the Euros. Obviously, watching England and stuff like that. She's hooked on football now, so she comes with me. She loves it. Yeah, yeah. For, I'm football mad. I'm football mad. Yeah, I often say to people, if you follow League of Ireland, it's a vocation. No, <laughs> it's, it's like the priesthood. It's a vocation. It's not a. It's not a. It's so tribal, and it's like like people think it's so tribal in the UK and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, Come yeah, to League yeah. of Ireland, especially no, around the great. Dublin area with the, yeah, with the yeah, clubs. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's, it's oh, an absolute going, vocation. I, I love going up to Dublin. I love yeah. going up to Dublin. Pats, yeah. you know, to St Pats, to Bows, to to uh, to Shamrock Rovers. Yeah. You know, I, I love going up to Dublin um, because. I, Weird in England, right? The southern teams go to the you know, the south of England teams go to the north of England teams, and they yeah. like Cork go up to Dublin. You know, yeah. it's just like it's amazing. To, you know, yeah. to, to, I've I've seen a few bits of you know punch up some whatever bit of handbags at dawn, but the banter that goes backwards and forwards between Cork yeah. and the Cork people and the Dublin people is it's phenomenal. I love it. I love it so much. Absolutely yeah. love it. I had um I had Tony O'Dowd on a few weeks ago. Um he was a, a goalkeeper, he played up in Derry as well, and with Rovers and stuff like that. But he was telling me they were playing um they went on a trip down to play Cove Ramblers. Yeah. Um and they had the, the bus down and there was a Dublin lad playing for Cove Ramblers. 
and he hitched the lift back on the bus. So on the way back, this is back in the day now, on the way back, this is when there was country roads and no lights and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they pulled over at the side of the road to let the boys out to go to the toilet because, as you know, on these bus journeys, there's card skills and drinking and all sorts of stuff because I'm back in the day. But they all got out to go to the toilet and this poor cove lad got out to go to the toilet and, of course, made a fundamental mistake. They all jumped back on the bus and they drove off and left him there. <laughs> Took his gear and all with him and everything and all. So he was left on this country road in the pitch dark on the way back from cove, uh, thinking he was hitching a lift back to Dublin. Yeah, sounds about right. You know, some of the old stories I get on the podcast yeah. are absolutely magnificent, fantastic and stuff like that. You know, real good fun looking back at them and stuff like that. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure having you on to talk about Arsenal. Pleasure's no, all mine. Pleasure's no, all mine, mate. No doubt we'll be tweeting each other tomorrow night. Absolutely. <laughs> um, as I was saying, all our viewers, head over there. Absolutely hit up the same old Arsenal there on YouTube. Smash that subscribe bell notification. This has been The Upper Tier with Craig from the same old Arsenal. Best of luck tomorrow night. Yes, uh, best of luck to you too. <laughs> really? <laughs> Till next time, no. my friend. An absolute pleasure.